right, welcome back to Formate Arbitration. And today's episode is not going to be too long. I'm working on an arbitration, and so I'm uh, taking a little time out to do this. Two things I'm going to cover today. Shouldn't be too long, but there are two things that are rearing their heads up across this country. A lot of people are starting to talk about them. One is management saying that uh, we have five minutes in the PM to, to get out of the office. We're going to cover that. And another... Strangely enough, is uh, management telling carriers that they can't case their spurs any longer, that they have to do that on the street. And so um, that all of that has to do with TRAP. Every bit of this has to do with TRAP. Our office time right now is absolutely rampant. I'm trying to get a good one up for the hour office time. Uh, I just don't see how we can grieve management giving us a, an order to get out in, in an hour. Now, there are things around that like this case in the Spurs, telling us to move those to the street, all those things. There are things that we need to be doing to make sure that we're covering ourselves, but if management tells me to get out in an hour, I guess I have to get out in an hour. If I'm leaving mail, make sure that I'm putting in a curtail slip, uh, making sure that I'm taking my 33 minutes of fixed office time, my 43 minutes of fixed office time. We've got to make sure that we're not being intimidated into not taking those. And so I'm going to have just one episode on this hour office time. I talked about it earlier in an episode about the hour office time when that person said that they put up that that note talking about it. But we're, we're going to get some things down. If anybody's received discipline off of the hour office time send it to me and and uh we're going to talk about it but i'm going to try to get uh, a, an episode just for the hour office time that is the thing that's probably the most perplexing right now is this hour office time and so there are things that we have to be doing better as far as defeating that hour office time things that we can do to beat it and and we'll talk about all those things maybe do that next week but I just don't have enough time today. Like I said, I'm, I'm preparing for this arbitration. It's very important. And uh, so I'm going to take a little break from that and, and do this episode. Talk about a few things before that. Our, our mentality as a union, as union representatives, uh, I, I question some things. I remember when I was young, my dad and I, we watched boxing. We loved it. I never missed a fight. I could have told you every fighter at every weight division. Uh, we watched it religiously. And back then, I'm 53 years old. Back then, it was probably the 1970s, early 80s. You know, you'd have to watch boxing on Wild World of Sports. Y'all remember that, that are old enough? You'd have to watch it on TV. Wild World of Sports. You, you didn't have pay-per-view and things like that. Cable. We didn't have that yet. So all the professional fights came on Wide World of Sports, and that's where we watched them. They were always on Sunday. And so you would, um, we'd go to church and come home, and we'd watch the fights. All the championship fights were on there, all the great fighters. And then as you got on up into the 80s, you had cable, and then you had um, pay-per-view. But we, we loved boxing, loved it. And so I remember, this is in the 80s, the most – savage fighter to me that ever existed and and there may be some that disagree with me but the most savage fighter i've ever witnessed is mike tyson i'd never seen anything like that guy before in my life he was an absolute destroyer i'd seen him knock people off their feet 
I don't know if y'all remember his early tapes. He'd hit somebody and they'd go all the way across the ring. It was the craziest stuff I'd ever seen. <laughs> but uh, but Mike Tyson, I, I thought there's nobody going to be able to touch this guy. And then one day he fought this individual and uh, he fought a journeyman, a nobody. Guy was named Buster Douglas. I remember it. And uh, probably the, the heaviest underdog to ever step in a ring was Buster Douglas. And it was uh, the bets were how long the fight was going to go, how many seconds. I remember those bets being, being placed. But somebody forgot to tell Buster Douglas <laughs> that he was going to lose because <laughs> he came up and beat the hell out of Mike Tyson. I mean, he didn't just beat him. It wasn't a split decision or unanimous decision. He beat his ass. And it stunned the entire world. Nobody thought Tyson would ever get beat, especially by a journeyman. Nobody except one person, Buster Douglas. <laughs> I'm sure his mama didn't even think he was going to win that fight. But Buster Douglas thought he was going to win it. And that's the only one that matters at the end of the day. The only one that mattered in that ring was Buster Douglas, what he thought. He wasn't intimidated. He wasn't bullied. He took some hellacious shots. I don't know if y'all remember, but he took an uppercut. I thought it knocked all his teeth out. But he kept fighting. He kept fighting, and damn if he didn't win. Y'all would be utterly amazed at the messages I get and the people I talk to where the only one who think they're going to win is them. Their formal A's tell them they're not going to win. And I'll give you some examples here. I'm just not making shit up. Their formal A's say they're not going to win. Branch president says they're not going to win. Business agents office says they're not going to win. Shop stewards, the only one that matters on that workroom floor is you and what you think. If you think it's a grievance and you can support that grievance, you file it. Don't let anybody talk you out of fighting. Okay? The only one that matters on that workroom floor is the shop steward filing the grievance. You have cowards, and I've talked about this before. You've got cowards in our midst that will try to tell you, look, Buster, don't step in that ring. Don't fight this guy. He's going to kill you. Hey, Buster, this guy is, is a monster, an animal. Don't step in that ring. You know what you, you tell them? You tell them what Buster Douglas said. Hey, fuck off. I'm fighting this fight for my carriers, okay? If y'all want to piss on it up there, if y'all want to be cowards about it, do that up there, but do not influence me because I'm going to fight for my people. I had an individual call me the other day. He asked to be a call because he said it was too long of a story. And I said, absolutely. And, and anybody can call me at any time. And, and people have. I've talked to them at great lengths uh, on my route at home. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and preach this uh, sermon and talk this talk. And then uh, when people reach out to me, turn my back on you. I'm not going to do that. So we talk. <laughs> I had an individual call me and he said that a CCA had been removed. And that the people above him said, don't waste your time on that. That's a loser. That's a loser. And I said, don't, don't ever listen to that shit right there. You fight. I don't care what the fight is. You fight. 
And so he sent me everything. He showed me what was going on. And in about 10 minutes, we put a case together to where I think he's going to win the CCA's job back. And I'm not just saying that. In about 10 minutes, we sat down. We pieced together what management had done. And we've got a good enough case that I felt completely comfortable taking that to arbitration. And if I took it to arbitration, I feel completely comfortable winning that case. <laughs> but, but you have people trying to influence us as shop stewards that need to just get the hell out of the way and let us fight, right? I don't know how it's come to this. I don't. I don't know what's happened to where we have, we've gotten like that in, in power, in the rank and file of the union. I don't know where it's gotten to this we don't want to fight mentality. I don't care what it is. I, I want to fight. JB, he sent me a, an OIG report the other day. It was last week. He sent me this report, and I'm looking at it, and I sent back, holy shit, man. And uh, what it was was a carrier had gotten what was throwing mail away in somebody's trash can. And the people call the postal inspectors, and they go out there and they retrieve all this mail that was thrown away. And so they bring this guy, and they're questioning this carrier, and the, qu and the carrier says, yeah, he said, I, I threw that away. Well, why would you throw the mail away? Well, it was just taking me too long to deliver. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's a... That's an excuse, but uh, yeah, it's taking me too long to deliver. Well, have you ever done it before? Oh yeah, I've thrown mail away before. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, probably about ten times. And he's just telling this story, you know, like you know, you're thinking as a shop steward, holy shit, man. Uh, of course, he didn't have union representation in there with him. He didn't ask for it, but he said, yeah, he said, uh, and I remember the dates I did it too. <laughs> And so he just steady digging a damn hole, man. And uh, there's like, you remember the dates? He's like, yeah, it was on this date and this date and this date I did it. He said, now there's a couple of times I can't remember. He said, but yeah, it's probably about 10 times. And so, uh, you know, JB gets this this OIG report. He sends it to me. And I'll never forget what he said when he, when he got this. He sent it to me. He said, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. He didn't say, oh, shit, man, this guy's fired. Or, oh, this is too big of a hill to climb. Or this is too big of an adversary. He said, man, this is going to be fun. That's who I want fighting for me. That's who I want fighting for me. That's who I want on my side. I want the motherfucker that says, hey, this is going to be fun right here. We're going to get into some shit right here. We're fixing to have some fun. That's who I want fighting for me, man. I don't want some cowardly son of a bitch that's going to sit there and say, why are you wasting your time on that? Why waste your time on that, man? This guy's done for. Fuck that. Give me a fighter, man. That, that's what the NLC is supposed to be, fighters. That's what I want. I want a damn kennel of dogs in the NLC. I don't want the mentality of, oh, that's too big. That's too big for us to fight right there. You, you, you know, you're going to waste your time. Man, you fight. You fight regardless of the adversary. Regardless of the heel. 
you fight, right? This gentleman who told me about the CCA, he said his formal aide already told him that, you know, you're not going to win this case. And once we got into it, I said it, t- it take, took about 10 minutes. But I'm thinking, damn, if you spent any time into this, in this case, you would have seen that we could have won it easily. And I'm going to say that now. You could have seen that we could have won this easily if you'd have just spent time on it. If you take it at first blush, if you, management says, well, this is what happened. Oh, God, we're in trouble. Man, to hell with management. To hell with management. To hell with the charge. Right? We need to get in those things. And I've preached this over and over again in my Article 16 episodes. You fight for us. And you look and you delve and you question and you request and you research and you'll find these things. I remember when I was talking to this guy, he sent me this documentation and I just pulled one sentence out of it. And he's like, well, that's why you say read everything. Yeah, read everything. Read everything in the case file, the charge, read every sentence from the top to the bottom. Read it. That's all I did, read the charge, and something they put in it was, to me, it's going to turn the case. We've got to quit being cowards in the NELC. We've got to get back to the mentality that we're going to fight everything that we can. Nothing is too big. One of my RAs down in the business agency office, name is Chris Strickland. I love the guy dearly, like a brother to me. Uh, We've been through some shit together. And uh, he's talking to somebody the other day about me, and he says, you know, Corey's never seen a grievance he couldn't win. And I thought that was funny, but th- that's not the case. I've never seen a grievance I wouldn't file. I've never seen a grievance I won't file. I'll file a damn grievance, and, and let's hash this son of a bitch out. Now, as an advocate, everything they send to me, I think I'm going to win, yeah. <laughs> and does that work? No, not all the time. I've lost terribly. Um. But we, we've got to get back to the union that will fight everything imaginable. Man, you know, we, we are the pilots of this storm. That's what we are. We're the pilots of this storm. And we've got to act like that. I had a gentleman call me the other day, and, and it tore me up, man. It, it fucked me up for the next day. It did, and he called JB too, and JB was the same way when he called me. But this gentleman called me, and he he could not speak very good English at all, and that's what he told me when he messaged me. He's like, you know, Corey, can I call you because my English is not very good, and this will take me a long time to type this out, and um, I want you to understand it fully. I said, absolutely, call me. And so he calls me, and... Um, English was a second language to him. And so it was difficult talking to him. But uh, without telling too much, I'm not going to tell where he's from, his name or anything like that. But management, he had been injured on the job. And a few years later, he had uh, something that kind of exacerbated that injury. And so his doctor gives him some restrictions. And management starts fucking with him about these restrictions. And... um, it was, he's going to have a 10-minute break every hour. And so management tells him, since you have to take a 10-minute break every hour, we're just not going to pay you for that time. So if you work, 
if you leave the office and you have six hours on the street, that's going to be 60 minutes. Okay. Cause you're going to take 10 minutes every hour. You had six hours. So, uh, we're just not going to pay you for that time. And so I made him explain that to me fully. <laughs> I said, so what are, you, what are you talking about? At the end of the day, they say that you work this long and they just take 10 minutes per hour off your route. He said, yeah. He said, they just clock me out and I'm still working. I said, hang on now. I said, you're telling me, just so I got this clear, you're out there working and management has clocked you off? Yes. I said, baby, you need to file a grievance on that. He said, my shop steward said I don't have a grievance. I said, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I said, man, if you've got restrictions that say that you get a 10-minute break every hour, then you're going to get paid for that. Well, my formal A said I don't have a grievance. I said, are you fucking kidding me? Listen to me, family. And this destroyed me. This man starts crying. And I don't mean crying. This guy is sobbing to me. And he's begging me to save his life. On my life, this happened. This guy is begging me to save his life. And I'm telling him, my man, I'm going to do everything humanly possible to help you. And he starts thanking me for saving his life. Because we've got some cowardly motherfuckers that refuse to step up and file a motherfucking grievance to help our people. This man is begging me to save his life. Because you've got some cowardly son of a bitches that won't do that that won't file a grievance, that won't get invested, that sit there and suck management's ass and going to tell this guy I don't have a grievance. I sent him M document 1807 right off the jump. I said, this is exactly what you're talking about, baby, right here. I said, this is universal, nationwide. 1807, I said, we're going to start here. So I had to explain to him what the M documents were, what step fours were. I had to explain all these things to him, which was fine with me. And I said, I need you to do me a favor. I said, I want you to call Jason Leith, JB. I said, he's my formal A. He's dealt with this very thing before, my friend, and he's going to take care of you. He's going to send you some things. And so he calls JB. JB calls me, tore up, tore up now, where this guy was bawling to him. He said, damn, Corey. He said, that, that just destroyed me. I said, baby, I told you. He's like, what is the problem with those people out there? I said, I don't know, man. I don't know. And so this gentleman, he messaged me, says, thank you. And I said, look, I said, contact your business agent. Contact your business agent and tell them to get involved and take it over from your, your sorry-ass shop steward and your sorry-ass formal A and your sorry-ass branch president. Call your business agent and have them take over. So he sends me a message about an hour later. And he says, Corey, thank you so much. The business agent is taking this over and they're going to handle it for me. We have got to look in the mirror across this country as far as who we want to be and what we see. If you're too chicken shit to stand up for every single individual in your station, step the fuck down and go carry mail 
or get into management. Here is a man, and I wish to God I could have let y'all hear this man's plight. Imagine that. Now, I'm I'm all the way in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, this guy is as far west as you can get. And, and he's sobbing, begging me to save his life. And then when I tell him what we're going to do, he starts thanking me for saving his life. I didn't save his life. I just told him, dude, you got a grievance. You start with 1807. And then once we get your clock rings and it shows them clocking you out while you're still on the street, we're going to fire their asses up for that. And when he's telling you that he's not going to pay you to work under your restrictions, we're going to fire his ass up for that. And if I can go back far enough and see where they've taken your money, baby, I'm going to get you some back pay on that. We've got to look in the mirror, NALC, and decide what we want to be across this country. These stories need to be reported to business agents, and business agents need to say, hey, look here, I appreciate your service as a shop steward, but obviously you're not doing your damn job. I'm going to start appointing outside stewards to come in and handle y'all's grievances, okay, because you're not doing your job. That's what needs to be happening. That fucked me up for several days, talking to that guy and hearing him say that to me. Because I'm I'm a shop steward in Nashville, baby. You know, that, that gets on here and talks some shit every Sunday. And to have an individual call me, it affected me uh, more than anything I've ever dealt with, I guess. It's no different than that girl that called and said that, that the business agent's office wouldn't file a grievance or wouldn't have uh, the, the shop steward or formulae file a grievance on her son that had FMLA. I don't know what's happened to us, man. We need to be a kennel of dogs in the NELC. When we start being that, you'll see management back to fuck up off of us. I know that. You'll see management back to fuck up off of us. There is no fight too big. We will not back down from anybody until we get that mindset, baby. We're going to keep getting phone calls like that because we have cowards amongst us. I don't get it. I I will never get it, ever. And I hope that I'm not coming across as as just some bitter, angry old man. That's not what I want to come across, but we need a ground roots uprising amongst our ranks. The union, the NALC, it's all of us, right? Carriers all the way up to the president of the NALC. It's all of us. It requires all of us to be a union, right? I don't know if you all remember when I had that episode where I talked about the fist, where I tell my carriers, I have one of them come up and I poke them in the chest. And I said, now that right there, it'll get annoying after a while, but it's not going to do a whole lot of damage. Just this one little digit, this one little finger poking you in the chest. But if I form a fist with that, that same finger, if I combine it with the rest of my fingers and form a fist, I'll cave your fucking chest in with it. That's the union. That's why there's, that's the sign of the union. The fist is because it's, Unity, it's strength, it's power, it's making sure that nothing is out there on its own. It's together. That's the union. From the carrier all the way up to the top, we are all the union, right? 
We all make the union. And we're only going to be as strong as those each individual parts. Right? If our shop steward's not doing his damn job, if he's a coward and not representing, that weakens the union. If the formal A and branch president are too damn scared to do their job and represent, that weakens the union. If our business agent's office is too damn scared to fight for us, that weakens the union, right? We have got to look in the mirror and see fighters. We cannot see cowards. We cannot. I remember at this when I was a junior in high school, and I wasn't a fighter now. People thought I was. I really wasn't. But uh, one of my best friends at the time, it's a terrible story, but he was seeing this girl, and she was dating this other guy, okay? And I remember I was in... Uh, <laughs> I was in algebra or general math. I didn't, I was, when I say I barely got out of high school, I think I took general math four years uh, because algebra was too tough for me. So I was sitting in one of them. I remember that. And uh, my buddy comes to the door and knocks on the door and my teacher goes over and he hands him a note. And so, uh, you know, I give him, you know, hey, what's up, man? So he leaves. And so my teacher's like, uh, Corey, you're wanted in the office. I was like, oh, shit. I said, I am? Yeah, that's what it says. There's a note from the principal that says you're wanted in the office. I was like, oh, damn. I was like, what? Because I, I got suspended all the time. And so I walk out in the hall, and uh, my buddy's there, and I was like, what? what's up? He said, man, I forged that note. He said, I need you. <laughs> I said, what's going on? He's like, man, that dude's uh, girlfriend that, that I've been seeing, yeah, he's here. I said, he's where? He's at the school. Because he didn't go to the same school. I said, oh, shit. I said, what are you going to do? He's like, man, he's outside waiting on me. Like, a hundred students are there waiting on me to come out. I said, Dad, gum, man, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to go out there. He said, but he's brought somebody with him. He said, and I need you to come out there with me and back me up. I said, okay, come on, let's go. So we're walking down the hall, and I'm asking him, I said, who did he bring with him? He said, I don't know. <laughs> and so we walk through the gym, walk out the back parking lot. It looked like a 1,000 students out there, you know. This guy's standing in the middle, a little circle already made for him, a little ring, you know. And so I'm walking with my buddy, and when we get out there, I said, who he's brought with him? <laughs> this dude was legendary for knocking people out. I mean, he was probably, of all the people, that uh, he could have brought it was this guy who was notorious in my neighborhood as a fighter who would fight anybody and everybody he had already graduated and i'm a junior you know <laughs> weighed 170 pounds and uh this guy was a notorious scrapper and i'm thinking <laughs> oh god and i'm looking at my buddy he looks at me and i'm like you son of a bitch <laughs> You're going to get me killed out here in front of all these uh, students. And so, um, hell, I just walked up to him. And I remember, and so my buddy walks over this guy. They're nose to nose. You know how you did in school, man. They're walking around in circles, walking around in circles. So I just go up to this dude, man, who's going to kill me, and I say, uh, I said, you here for, for him? Yeah. I said, all right. He said, you with your buddy? I said, oh, yeah. I said, I'm with him. He said, okay. 
And so um, I said, uh, you don't plan on jumping in, do you? And he said, looks at me like, who in the hell are you, <laughs> you scrawny little piece of shit? And he looks at me, and, and I'll never forget what he said. He said, are you? I said, it depends on what you're going to do. And the look on his eyes like, who is this guy? But I'm just steady looking at him, you know, knowing that if he swung at me and hit me, he's going to knock me out. But, uh, yeah, he said, uh, you know, he asked me if I was. I just told him, you know, depends on what you're going to do. You know, and it ended up a coach came out. This kid pushed the coach down and all the students kind of rallied around him and scared him off. But uh, I just remember that. I still remember that. That was how many years ago? I'm 53 now. I still remember that because I I bugged my buddy about almost getting me killed that day. But uh, to me, we have to look at every situation the same way. It it may be scary. This thing with, with JB, it may be scary. We've got to fight it, right? We can't run from it. It's on us. It may be too big for us. We got to fight it, right? We we can't run from it. We've got to fight this thing, right? It may be something that we're completely unqualified to do. We got to fight, right? We got to we got to get ourselves educated, right? We have to fight. Backing up is not an option, and that seems like it's becoming more and more of an option to us. Conceding defeat is not an option, but yet that seems like it's what happens more and more nowadays with our union. We cannot back up in the face of adversity. You approach that head on, and you fight it. Okay, I talk about all all these things that we're going to do to build case files, all these things that we send out, all these step fours that we send out, contentions that we look at that look spectacular. And you know what? We still may lose. We still can get beat. Does that mean that, that we quit? No, it means that we continue to educate ourselves and continue to fight. If that dude would have beat my ass, do you think that that would have kept me from going out there and and standing with my friend the next time? No. No. We will lose sometimes things that we think that we're going to win. We we may lose, right? It does not mean that we quit fighting ever. This mentality of that is damaging us, this mentality. We've got to be better than that. I talked with another individual, a young lady, and she sent me this picture, and her table is full of papers, uh, a laptop sitting in the middle. (laughs) And she said, it's 1130 at night. I'm working on this case. She said, uh, I have started out with about uh, four pages of contentions. And she said, I I now have about, uh, I can't remember how many words. She said 3,000 words. She's like, and it continues to grow. I continue to find. I continue to look and seek. And and I'm telling her that that is the mentality that we have to have. That's the mentality. If I could show a picture of the union, that's it. That table full of papers, a laptop in the middle, getting down getting at it, doing that work. That is the example that I would show 
of a shop steward doing work. It's not this person who says, that's too big for me. I'm not going to fight that. We're going to lose that. That's not the picture that, that we're trying to portray as a, as a union. This young lady saying it's 1130 at night and I'm still up working. That's a shop steward. That's who I want to be my shop steward, right? That's who I want handling my grievances. Because a grievance is what? That's a call for help. That's what a grievance is. That's what that means. Uh, There's something being done to me that's causing me to reach out. That's causing for me to call out for help. That's a grievance. And I've got somebody who's going to answer that call. And they're going to do everything within their power to help me. They're going to do everything humanly possible to help me. That's my steward. That's my formal representative. That's my branch president. That's my business agent's office. I have a grievance against the company that I work for. I have a complaint and I need you to help me. And I do not want to hear you say it's too fucking big. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I want you to hear that, that I'm going to be up till 1130 at night fighting for you. That's what I want you to hear. I want you to hear that, hey, look, I've got a table full of papers. I'm looking at them, trying to help you as much as I can. I'm up to 3,000 words now on contentions for you because you came to me saying that you have a grievance. That's the shop steward. That's our life when we decide that we're going to be a shop steward. It's not some chicken shit that's going to tell me, ah, that's too big. I don't, I don't have anything for you. I can't help you. That, that's not an option. That's not an option. The, the biggest case, my first big case, let me say that, my first really big case, I remember it well. Uh, my branch president, Dave Clark, I told you I loved, he called me up to, to be the formal A. This was back in 2009. I believe it was till 2011. But he calls me in his office. I was up there. I worked at the office on Wednesdays, and I met on grievances on Fridays at the formal A. And he called me into his office, and he hands me this postal inspector's report. And he says, read that. And I read it, and it's... It's overwhelming. It's my first big case. It's the first one that I'm looking at a postal inspector's report. And I'm thinking, dear Jesus, this right here is a mess. This person is in some serious trouble. And I'm reading it and reading it. And I look up at my branch president and uh, he's laughing at me. And I said, what is it? He says, what about that? I said, Dad, gum, man. I'll never forget what he says. He says, Corey, there's not a doubt in my mind you're going to win it. That's what he said to me. He says, Corey, there's not a doubt in my mind you're going to win it. And so you know what that made me do? It made me research more than I ever had. It made me look more than I ever had. It made me get out and call people more than I ever had. It made me investigate more than I ever had. It made me care more than I ever had because my branch president says, I know for a fact you're going to win it. And that's what made me who I am today. 
that case. When I talk about all these things under just cause, when I talk about the charge, when I talk about postal inspectors reports, when I say read everything, that's the case that did it for me. That's the one. It was a gentleman that was charged with sexually assaulting a, a customer. And it looked terrible, terrible when I was reading it. I took it home with me and read it. And I read it and I read it and I read it until I memorized it. And I memorized each statement and I memorized each word and I memorized each date. And I did that over and over and over again until I could prove that the postal inspectors were lying on this guy. The customer was lying on this guy. I could prove that they were lying on this guy. I had raised serious due process violations against them for what they've done. And the most basic of things, the day that they said he did it when he was on his route, I pulled up a clock ring and it showed he wasn't even at work. That's the most basic of things. I called the police department and asked if this individual had ever called in with a sexual uh, assault complaint. No, he hadn't. I called the sex crime division and they'll answer your calls. I said, have you ever heard, had a complaint against this gentleman here? No, we have not. I called the apartment complex that this individual lived at and I said, have you had any customer complain to you about the mailman being a sexual predator? No, we have not. How, how has that not happened? This person has called the post office saying that she's been sexually assaulted. She never called the police, never called the, po the apartment complex. And it came out that she lied on this guy because her boyfriend found out about them sleeping together. If I would have gotten that report and said, that's too big, we're going to lose. That gentleman would not be working at the post office today. But because my branch president says, I know for a fact you're going to win it. That put things in motion that I tell y'all about today to try to help y'all. When this guy called me about this CCA and said my formula said that we can't win it, that's what set that in motion with me. You're not going to tell me I ain't going to win anything. I can win anything. And when he sent me everything, I said, this is how we're going to win it right here. This is your blueprint. This is what we're going to do right here. Bam, 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 bam. Here's some things in here that are not right. And these are things that we're going to use against management. And within 10 minutes, we won this thing. You know why? Because we took a little time. We cared. We took a little time to look at things and care. But let's be like the lady that sent me the picture at 1130 at night. Table full of papers. I'm still studying. I'm still researching. I'm still investigating. I started out with a few contentions. I'm up to 3,000 words now. It's 11.30 and I can't put it down. It's 11.30, I can't quit thinking about it. Hey, shop stewards, man, let's be that. Let's be that fighter, okay, all the time. Don't ever say that something's too big for you. Man, we're going to fight and we're going to go down fighting if that's what it takes. We've got to fight everything. I've talked with a bunch of people this week, man, a bunch of you, and we're fighting. Y'all are fighting. You're winning. It's so encouraging. Keep fighting. Keep fighting and have that mentality. If your people, carriers, I'm talking to you now, if I have any carriers that are listening to me that are not shop stewards, formal A's, branch presidents, whatever, 
City Curious, listen to me. I'm one of you, right? Tomorrow, I'm going to be carrying my route. I'll be gone Tuesday and Wednesday this arbitration, but tomorrow I'll be carrying my route. If you have people that are not representing you, vote them out. Vote them out. Okay? They're hurting you. They're hurting your brothers and sisters if they're not representing you. If your formal A is not representing you, talk to your branch president and say they need to be removed because they're not representing your, your carriers. All right? If your formal A is your branch president, vote their ass out. Vote their ass out if they're not wanting to represent. If your business agent is telling you that they're not going to help you, or if they're brushing you off, or if they won't return your call, or if they treat you like you're not a dues-paying member, and they treat you like a second-class citizen, vote their fucking ass out. Vote them out and make them go back to Karen Mail and see if they appreciate that air-conditioned office after that. Okay? It's that simple, really. It's that simple. We've got to look in the mirror and see fighters, baby. We have got to be Buster Douglases. Now, he got his ass whipped after that, but the biggest moment of his life, the biggest adversary he ever faced, the biggest underdog to ever step in a ring, and he believed in himself and won that fight. That's how you have to be as a shop steward. Fight anything and everything. I say that all the time. You fight and keep fighting regardless of the adversary. You fight. Find ways to fight. When I was at the jail, the the guy that I respected most was Harold Taylor. He was uh, a lead officer up there. And I respected him more than anybody. And uh, we called him Stymie because he, he fought dirty up there. You know, and... And because up there it was uh, dirty, it was rough up there at the jail. But I admired Harold Taylor the most, and and I would considered him to be my closest friend up there. But we were talking one night, and he's like, you know, Corey said uh, I'd hit my grandmother with a brick if it mean, meant winning the fight. <laughs> I was like, damn, Harold. He's like, hey, hey, I'm winning. I'm winning a fight. There ain't nothing I won't do to win. And uh, that stuck with me all these years. I was left there in 96, and that still stuck with me. But uh, Harold, I admired him more than anybody. There was nothing he wouldn't do to win a fight. There was nobody, nobody that he wouldn't fight. He was a beast up there in that jail. Completely kind. All the inmates respected him. You know, he treated everybody with respect. He was not an asshole, but he would flat get down and get it done. But um, we've got to understand that we have got to fight and do anything we can to win, as long as it's ethical, as long as it's ethical. But we've got to do whatever it takes to win. Whatever it takes to win, we've got to do it. Uh, hopefully I hadn't just been rambling. It's shit. It's been 45 minutes, but you know, when I hear this guy, <clears throat> when he calls me and he's breaking down crying, it, it um, uh, it touches me, man. And y'all going to hear about it. 
uh, hear about this guy with a CCA removal saying that, you know, his formal aide told him there's no chance, and in 10 minutes we uh, – he's going to win that case, I know for a fact, um, because uh, the things that we came up with in just 10 minutes. But we've got to uh, – We've got to represent, and I felt I feel like if you, if you love your people, if you love your people like you should, that that's second nature. Fighting a second nature, wanting to fight a second nature. We may lose, but damn it, we're gonna go down fighting. It's second nature if you love your people like you should. If you have that passionate love affair for your carriers, it's second nature right to fight for them it, it just it just comes to you that desire that passion that want to shop stewards let's do that man all we can control is us that's all we can control we're going to do the research we're going to do the investigation the requesting the contending we're going to do all those things and hopefully our formal A's will, will do that with us. And hopefully the B team for us will do that with us. And hopefully the business agent's office will have that same passion and desire and fire to represent. The shop stores, all we can control is what we do. Like this lady who said 1130 at night, I'm still fighting. I'm so sleepy right now. I can't even hold my eyes open, but I'm still looking. I'm still investigating. I'm still finding. I'm exhausted, but I'm still fighting. That's the shop steward. That's the definition of the shop steward. It should be. Next week, I'm going to try to get uh, an episode on the one-hour office time. And we're going to try to cover that. And uh, I've reached out to numerous people about it and... And it's all over the place. So we're just going to put together the best episode that we can. Uh, and Mike Kerf wants to be on. I'm going to try to get him on next Sunday if I can. If uh, if I can, then the next week I may do that office time. But we'll do some if it's wrong, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll do some if it's wrong, baby. But, um, hey, let's fight for our people, right? Let's fight for our people. There's no adversary too big for us. We're the motherfucking NALC, right? Walk like that. Have that swagger about you when you're dealing with management. We're the motherfucking NALC. There's nothing better than that. And when we get that mindset, when we get that mindset, we'll start representing like we should. Okay? All right, I had an individual call me, and she told me that management has told them that they are no longer able to case their spurs in the uh, AM, that they will take those things to the route and sequence those in the, on the street, on street time. Uh, this is nothing more than another step by management to steal our office time, to steal route time from us, Okay. Uh, it goes hand in hand with the hour office time. And so I've got a grievance starter for you. And uh, Jeremy's going to put this up on from 8arbitration.com. Make sure you get on there from 8arbitration.com. And this grievance starter will be on there. But it talks about uh, casing your spurs, okay? And it's going to give you the issue statement, the contractual language that you need, 
and the remedy that we're going to request, okay? We need to file these grievances every time management comes in there to implement things like the red line policy, like this uh, no more cash in your spurs, like this you get five minutes of PM office time. We're going to address that today. All these things we have to grieve, okay? We're going to consistently and steadily file grievances against management when they come on here with this crazy-ass bullshit. Okay, we're going to keep filing grievances on them. And uh, I've got two of them here today, and this is what we're going to do. This is about casing the spurs, okay? And I'm just going to read the template to you. I mean, it's uh, it'll be up on formatearbitration.com, but I don't want to do that. I want to read it to you because I love reading to you. And y'all know that. It's issue statement. One, did management violate Chapter 1 of Handbook M39? Management of delivery services via Article 19 of the National Agreement in the station, whatever station you are, on whatever date, by instructing carriers to pull down their routes without allowing letter carriers the opportunity to case small parcels and rolls or spurs, and if so, what should the remedy be? So that issue right there is exactly what you need. It deals with making you pull your route down without casing your spurs. That's exactly what we're dealing with with this, this lady. She called me this morning. We spent about an hour on the phone together. She had about five or she's a semi-new steward. Uh, I think the branch president has stepped away, and so she is uh, taking over a lot of responsibility. Kind of overwhelmed. Told her, give me a call, and we'll put some issue statements together for you. Just so happened this was one of them. So I said, hey, I got you a, a grievance starter on that very thing. And so that's your first issue. Issue number two, did management violate Chapter 2 of the Handbook M41, City Delivery Carriers Duties and Responsibilities via Article 19 of the National Agreement by not allowing the following letter carrier, give the name, the opportunity to perform the proper handling of small parcels and rolls or spurs, parcels and or odd-sized articles on the date, and if so, what should the remedy be? So the first issue is kind of a class action. The second we're dealing with is kind of an individual, okay? Number three, did management violate Article 15 of the National Agreement when they failed to abide by the Step 4 settlement in the case here dated August 5th, 1983, M Document 409? Now, all this will be on the template, so you don't have to write all this down. It'll be on from arbitration.com. But M, M Document 409, by not allowing the following letter carriers or carrier the opportunity to reverse a letter and the letter separation for parcels and or odd size articles on the date. So that one's talking about if management comes in there and tells you, hey, you can no longer turn the letter for big parcels. Take them out to the street. If they do that, then that's obviously, to me, it's not only an Article 15 violation, but it's an Article 5. That's not in here. But if you've always been doing it, I'm going to argue Article 5 on that as well past practice right if it's a past practice of mine to to uh turn a letter and i'll get statements to that effect so i'd add an article five to that one right there union facts and contentions block 17 facts letter carrier put the name in there delivered route put the route there on the date there and uh that's your first fact number two on that date the letter carrier was was were not given the opportunity by management to case the spurs into the carrier case before the route was pulled down for delivery. 
Number three, on the date there, letter carrier so-and-so was, was, were not given the opportunity to reverse a letter in the letter separation for a customer receiving a large parcel or odd-sized article which could not be routed in the letter separations. As a reminder, when on the route that there is a large or odd-sized piece for customer before the route was pulled down for delivery. And so that's only that's basically turning a letter for, for odd size or large parcels. So when you get on the route, it's kind of a reminder for you. Number four, these facts are supported by the letter carrier statement included in the case file. Number five, section 111 and 121 of handbook M39 state in pertinent part. 111.2, daily operations. D. Evaluate daily service rendered by the employees. Observe carriers to assure their performance of duties as outlined in Handbook M41, City Deliver Carriers' Duties and Responsibilities. 121.13, General. Letter mail is normally cased vertically. Flat mail is cased horizontally. Pre-sequence flat mailings will be treated as a third bundle or collated. Small parcels and rolls are sorted with flats when practical. Odd-shaped articles, which cannot be cased, are handled as separate pieces. Carriers are expected to sort mail to the proper separations correctly in one handling. 121.16, flats and spurs. When casing flats and small parcels or rolls spurs, the carrier stands directly in front of the flat case holding approximately 50 pieces, 6 inches, in the left arm while distributing with the right hand. 121.17, pulling down flats. After all flats and spurs have been cased, the carrier will pull sequence and strap out the contents in one flat separation at a time. The carrier sequences flat by pulling down the contents of a separation and placing them to one side of the case ledge. Next, the top flat is placed in the middle of the ledge and the remaining flats are arranged in sequence on both sides of the first flat in the shape of a fan. Case small parcels and rolls are fitted into the bundle after sequencing is completed. Number 6. Section 225 of Handbook M41 states in part. 225.16. Sort stiff cardboard articles, x-rays, pictures, etc., and large newspapers and magazines on ledge usually by relays, then route them in sequence of delivery. A letter may be reversed in the letter separation for a customer receiving a parcel or odd-sized shape article that cannot be routed in the flat separations. This will serve as a reminder when on the route that there is a large or odd-sized piece for the customer. 225.17. Route and strap separately quantity mailings of addressed merchandise samples and similar items if these cannot fit in the case separations. Number seven, the step four settlement in case number there dated August 5th, 1983, this is M409, states in relevant part, a carrier has the option of reversing a letter in the letter separation as a reminder of the parcel or odd size piece of mail for delivery. The word parcel in section 225.16 of the M41 concerns mail matter which cannot be routed into the flat or letter separations and does not include parcels weighing two pounds or more. Section 322.3 of the M41 addresses parcels weighing two pounds or more and provides the method of reminding a carrier of the next parcel for delivery. Number eight. 
The step four settlement in case number there, M1391, M1391 states in relevant part, as a result of our discussions, the parties agree there is no dispute between the parties that step four grievance settlements are precedential and binding unless otherwise agreed between the national parties. Number nine, Article 19 of the National Agreement states in relevant part, those parts of all handbooks, manuals, and published regulations of the Postal Service that directly relate to wages, hours, or working conditions as they apply to employees covered by this agreement shall contain nothing that conflicts with this agreement and shall be continued in effect except that the employer shall have the right to make changes that are not inconsistent with this agreement and that are fair, reasonable, and equitable. Number 10, JCAM page 19.1 states, Handbooks and manuals, Article 19 provides that those postal handbook and manual provisions directly related to wages, hours, or working conditions are enforceable as though they were part of the national agreement. And that's talking about incorporating the M39, the M41, and all these step fours. That's what Article 19 does, right? Changes to handbook and manual provisions directly related to wages, hours, or working conditions may be made by management at the national level and may not be constant inconsistent with a national agreement. A challenge that such changes are inconsistent with a national agreement are not fair, reasonable, or equitable may be made only by the NELC at the national level. Contentions. Management violated Chapter 2 of the M41 and Chapter 1 of the M39 via Article 19 of the National Agreement when letter carriers in the following station were instructed to pull down routes for delivery before letter carriers had the opportunity to perform the proper handling of small parcels and rolls, or spurs, as required by Handbook M41 and Handbook M39. 2. Management violated Chapter 2 of the M41 and Chapter 1 of the M39 via Article 19 of the National Agreement when carriers in the station there were instructed to pull down routes for delivery before letter carriers had the opportunity to perform the proper handling of large parcels and odd-sized articles. Number 3. Management violated Article 15 of the National Agreement when they failed to abide by Step 4 Settlement in Case uh, M409. In this case, the National Parties agreed the carrier has the option of turning a letter for a parcel or odd-shaped mail piece that cannot be routed in the letter or flat separation. And I'd also include Article 5 there, Article 5 and 15. Because if it's been a past practice and I've been able to turn a letter for, letter for 20 years, that's a legitimate binding past practice, right? The union contends that Step 4 Settlement 1391 memorializes the National Party's mutual agreement regarding Step 4 Settlements. The language in this resolution is clear. Step 4 Settlements are binding and precedent setting. Number 5. In the instant case, management is attempting to circumvent the language in M409 and gain through the grievance procedure what they could not gain through bargaining. The union contends that until such time as the National Party's amend 409, or management amends the handbook language in accordance with Article 19 of the National Agreement, letter carriers in the station there have the option of reversing a letter in the letter separation for parcels or odd-shaped pieces. And here's our remedy. Management ceases and desists violating Chapter 2 of Handbook M41 and Chapter 1 of Handbook M39 via Article 19 of the National Agreement. Number 2, management will immediately ensure as required by Chapter 1 of Handbook M39, the proper handling of spurs, parcels, and odd-sized articles as outlined in Chapter 2 of Handbook M41. 
letter care so-and-so shall each be paid a lump sum of $50 for each violation to serve as incentive for future compliance. All payments associated with this case may be made as soon as administratively possible, but no later than 30 days from the date of this agreement. Proof of payment be provided to the NALC steward upon payment. And then it's got your request for information. It's got one already there for you that you can get and fill out. Uh, it's requesting the work hour workload reports for the following dates. I'm also requesting time to interview the following individuals, letter carriers and supervisors. And uh, so there's your request for information. So there's your entire grievance right there. If management comes in and tells you that you can no longer case spurs, you have to hit the street and do that as a street function. There's your entire grievance right there. And that was the one I was able to send that young lady. And we talked a little bit more about it. Also, I'd include Article 5 and 15 as far as turning a letter. If you're turning letters for parcels and management comes up and says, hey, that's a time-wasting practice now, Article 3 gives me the right to do away with that, saying that this is no longer efficient. Well, past, past practice, Article 5 will trump Article 3, okay? It always will. And so we'll add Article 5 to that, saying that our letter carriers have turned letters for parcels that were too big to case for the last 10 to 15, five, three years or whatever and get plenty of statements to say that, all right? So there's your one on the spurs. So if you call me or something, we're going to talk about it. And I uh, had several calls. She called me, but I've had several messages about that. So that seems like that may be part of their new game plan, just telling carriers no more spurs in the cases. Pull it down and let's get out of here. So we'll grieve that on those bastards, all right? Uh, and the last one we're going to deal with is I had a lot of carriers uh, message me about management saying they had five minutes when they get back in the PM to do their PM office work and get off the clock. Five minutes. That's been done for years. And we've grieved that here and won it. So I'm going to talk to you about that one. Also has a template. It'll be up on from arbitration.com. Uh, I've had more calls about that this week than anything else. This uh, five minute PM office time. And so we're going to grieve that. And, and anything that they do, we're going to grieve. Because I don't like them. At all. And I want them to be unhappy. And I want them to be dissatisfied with their job. And hate their bosses. And hate us. And quit. That's what I, that's what I want them to do. Because I don't like them. Anyway. Here's another one. This is the... Um, PM office duties, okay? All right, I'm going to read you the uh, grievance starter first, and then I'm going to read you the grievance that I've already filed on this and kind of a blueprint. He's going to put this up too, the grievance I've already filed on it. Uh, it's got names and stuff in there, but that's okay. It's back in 2017, I believe. Yeah, 2017. But here's the uh, grievance starter. I'm going to read that to you first and then read you the grievance, and then I'll be done. It's taken way too long. I I bitch too much is my problem. I'm just sitting here and bitching for 45 minutes. But um, I'm not going to stop doing that. All right. <laughs> Issue statement. Did management violate Chapter 4 of the M41 Handbook via Article 19 of the National Agreement by instructing letter carriers, the name, not to perform PM office duties in accordance with the M41 Handbook on the date there? And if so, what should the remedy be? And there's your issue. Union facts and contentions. Facts. Letter carrier, 
Corey Walton delivered Route 11 on this date. Chapter 4 of the M41 Handbook sets out the pecking order of daily PM office duties for letter carriers. These duties and the order they are to be accomplished are A. Clock in from the street B. Place collection mail in designated location C. Clear accountable items D. Process all undelivered mail E. Answer official communications in tour of duty And you're going to see that... Um, you're going to see the, the one that I uh, talk about. This this one's kind of shitty. Uh, the one that I put up and that I filed, uh, the issue statement's a lot different, a lot better. This one's kind of basic, but it'll give you something that you can type on, and then we can add some stuff because this one's really basic. It says uh, in number three, uh, on that date, Dr. Carrie Corwalton was instructed by Supervisor John Doe, not to perform some of the required daily PM office duties contained in Chapter 4 of the M41 Handbook. Explain specifics. This fact is supported by a statement from the grievance in the case file. Contentions. Management violated Chapter 4 of the M41 via Article 19 of the National Agreement when letter carrier Corey Walton was instructed not to perform all the required daily PM office duties as required by Chapter 4 of the M41 Handbook. And explain specifics. And then it's got your remedy. Very basic. Like I said, the one I filed is going to be in there as well. Go by that one. But this is a heavy one that you can pull up and, and type on. So this will be good. Remedy. That management cease and desist violating Chapter 4 of the M41 via Article 19 of the National Agreement. Letter carrier Corey Walton each be paid a lump sum payment of $25 in an incentive to ensure future compliance. All payments be associated with this case be made as soon as administratively possible, but no later than 30 days from the date of settlement, and that proof of payment be provided to NELC official upon payment and or whatever the arbitrator B team deems appropriate. He's got an information request. He's going to uh, ask for a copy of the tax employee everything report for the letter carrier. Also requesting time to interview the following individuals. So that'll be good for you. And it's got a request for steward time. For you new stewards that don't know what that looks like or have been wondering about it, it's got one in there for you. And just copy 100 of them. Make you 100 copies of them, and that way you'll have one uh, readily available for you. So a request for steward time will be in there for you. Now I'm going to read the one that I filed. It was a class action out of Nashville. This was back in 2017. And it's, and it's funny how I worded it because my manager at the time was the best manager I ever had. I'll put up a picture later on of me and him. Uh, my supervisor, who I love too, he uh, retired and we had a retirement party for him. And I got a picture of me and them too. But he's, he's the best manager that I ever had. Uh, went out of his way to help me and my people. And if you do that, I'll work with you. I'll work with you. I still don't trust him, but he's the best manager I ever had by far. But here's the um, here's the uh, issue. Now, remember that other one just said uh, Article 19 via M41. This one says, did management violate Article 8.9, 19 via Section 4 of the M41 Handbook, and 30, which covers our local, right? Of the national agreement by instructing city carriers, they had five minutes to perform all PM office duties. And back in 2017, I had this young buck as a formal A, just a young little snot-nosed guy, a little up-and-comer. 
named Jason Leith, or JB. And he was fighting back then. And it says, um, he met at the Formal A on this. It says, the Formal A parties agree management will cease and desist violating Articles 8.9, 19 via Section 4 of the M41 Handbook, and 30 of the National Agreement by instructing city carriers they have five minutes to perform all PM office duties. Uh, it's got the 8190 in there. It's got my name, got my manager's name. There's Mr. Leith. Here's my issue statement, and it's in there. And you can copy and paste all of this, every bit of it. I don't accept my statements because they ain't going to make no sense to you. You get your own statements. But uh, here's my issue statement. Did management violate Articles 8.9, 19 via Section 4 of the M41 Handbook, and 30 of the National Agreement when they instructed the city letter carriers that they had five minutes to perform all PM office duties? If so, what is the appropriate remedy? And you can use, copy and paste that, use it as your own. Did management violate Articles 17 and 31 of the National Agreement when they failed to furnish the union its requested information? If so, what is the appropriate remedy? 19A, union representative under the remedy requested by the union. 1. Management cease and desist violating Article 8.9, 19 via Section 4 of the M41 Handbook, and 30 the National Agreement by instructing city carriers they had five minutes to perform all PM office duties. 2. Management give a stand-up talk at their respective stations, retracting their instructions that city carriers have five minutes to perform all PM office duties. 3. Management, from the postmaster down to each 204B, be given training by the local branch president or his designee on city letter carrier PM duties. 4. Management cease and assist violating Articles 17 and 31 of the National Agreement by not providing union its requested information. And 5. Whatever the B-team arbitrator deems appropriate. And I put in there, there's another one about um, the red line policy, where we beat that, and that was back in 2014, uh, the carrier SOP and, and red line policy. And uh, it's a it's before JB was the formal A, but there's another good guy, Rusty Godlewski. But um, there's where we won that red line policy at the formal A, just the settlement, not the case file. And it's got the 8190 for that <clears throat> in there as well. And I put those in there because it supported my uh, section four of the M41 handbook where they violated before. Is unions informal step A contentions? Now, these are my contentions back in 2017. Class action Nashville issue. Did management violate Article 8.9, 19 via Section 4 of the M41 Handbook, and 30 of the National Agreement when they instructed city letter carriers that they only had five minutes to complete all PM office duties? Number two, did management violate Articles 17 and 31 of the National Agreement when they failed to furnish the union its requested information? Contentions. On Monday, June 19th of 2017, our supervisor at Bellmead Station announced over the intercom that from this day forward, we only had five minutes to complete all of our PM office duties. That meant from the time we clocked in from the street, we had five minutes to be off the clock. This is not the first time management here in Nashville has attempted to limit the carrier's PM office time. The latest such attempt was management's failed red line policy included in this case file, and that's why I included it. On June 20th of 2017, I submitted a request for information requesting the following. 
And y'all can request these same things. And this is how I, I kind of manufactured a 17 and 31 violation because I know they didn't have anything. They just pulled this out of their ass. So I asked for any provision of any handbook or manual that management is citing their five-minute PM office time from. Any policy or directive that management is citing their five-minute PM office duties from. Any email or letter that local management has received stating city carriers have five minutes for PM office duties. My station manager informed me that he had forwarded my request to the postmaster's office and that there was no information to be given. One thing I want to make clear, listen to me now, kiss my boss's ass, because this guy, he took care of us, man, like y'all wouldn't believe. I said, one thing I want to make clear is that my station manager, Eric Baxter, is exceptional. (laughs) I put that in my contentions. (laughs) I know that, that this directive is not coming from him. However, it does not mitigate the fact that this five-minute policy is not contractual. The M41 handbook is crystal clear on what constitutes city carrier's PM office duties. It mentions no five-minute time frame. As a matter of fact, it mentions no time frame at all. And y'all can steal this contention. You just got to take my boss out of there. But my boss back then, Eric Baxter, he... He did everything humanly possible to protect my carriers. When I knew they were coming down on us, uh, when they were doing things to hurt my carriers, he protected us. To his own demise, he protected us. Uh, they removed him from doing what he was doing because he protected us so much. So, yeah, I'm going to give him that, that uh, little shout out there. The union feels strongly that this is another attempt by management to circumvent the contract in restricting city carriers' time while on the clock. At the current time, the union is grieving several attempts by management here in the national installation to do just that. There is the PET, the LOC, and now the five-minute grievance. Also included in the case file is a statement where management at Ackland Station is allowing carriers to work off the clock because they are taking longer than five minutes to complete their PM office duties. Also, carriers are clocking off, then unloading vehicles off the clock due to management's five-minute policy. This is a clear violation of Article 41.3K of the JCAM, which reads as follows. K, supervisors shall not require nor permit employees to work off the clock. So that may help you on y'all's. I don't know what's going on with you. In the union's remedy requested, ask for the following. Management from the postmaster down to each 204B be given training by the local branch president or his days in the ELC to letter carriers PM duties. The union feels that this is management's uneducated and non-contractual policy that leads to abuses like those occurring at Ackland Station. Being as this city should have been educated after the B-team's redline policy decision, the union can only assume that management's actions here are deliberate and intentional. And those are my contentions at the informal. It's got my request for information in there. And I've already read that to you, knowing that they couldn't give me those things, so I hit that ass with a 17 and 31. It's got a statement from Miss Sheila Moore, who is my girlfriend. And so her statement's in this file. She was at Ackland Station at the time. She's at my station now. But uh, that's in the file. It's got the uh, contractual language, the LMOU, that talks about wash-up periods. That's in there. It's got the uh, Article 8.9, which talks about wash-up time. That contractual language is in there. 
You can just copy that and paste it and put it in yours. Uh, talks continues to talk about wash-up time. And, and so that's the grievance there, but that will help you. That's all you'll need for the five-minute uh, PM office duties when they say you've only got five minutes. So if that's happening, there's your grievance. You got a grievance starter. You'll add some things like I did on mine, the 8.9 uh, in Article 30. And, uh, but there's your two grievances right there for you. Uh, those things are starting to pick their, their heads out and uh, as far as things they're trying to do to cut us. So um, there's your very long episode on two basic grievances. I'm sorry about the rant. Not, not really. Uh, we, we need to do better as a union. And I say that every week, but damn it, you know, I get these messages and phone calls that I just don't understand. I don't, I will never get it. I just don't as a union where we don't protect and defend. I, I will never understand that for the life of me. Uh, I just won't. But hopefully one day we'll get all on the same boat and uh, we'll, we'll be fighting these people together and, uh, and you'll do your damn job. So anyway... Case in the Spurs, there you have it right there. There's your grievance. Uh, five minutes p.m. office time, there's your grievance right there. You have it readily available. Get on from aidarbitration.com. All right, he'll have all that stuff on there for you. Facebook, go holler at Miss Lindsay on Facebook uh, from Aid Arbitration. Uh, she does a very good job on that, uh, interaction stuff, uh, some funny things that you'll enjoy. So get on there and talk to her. Um, Discord, we've got one of those up uh, on the Facebook. Miss Lindsay put that up for y'all. The the uh, how to get onto the Discord, uh, it's growing like crazy. And so the guy who's doing that's doing a fantastic job with Discord. I don't know anything about it. I'll peek on there every once in a while and say something. But uh, that's a different group right there, man. They're crazy. They'll be up all night just talking shit. It's like a party over there. You know, I'm too old for that, but they're over there just, they're on their own little world, just partying on discord. So y'all get on there and have a good time with them. Um, Jeremy's still getting the YouTube channel up for, uh, he's got some other people helping him with that. And so a lot of stuff going on with from eight arbitration. That's crazy, right? Just some old dude just on here talking shit and, uh, getting some traction. But, uh, so we're going to have a good time with it. We're going to keep educating. Okay. I love every single one of you. I really do, man. And I've talked with y'all a bunch and, and we message a lot, email a lot and you call me and I don't mind that at all. I'm going to help you as much as I can. And if I don't know what you're talking about, I'll get you in touch with somebody who does. Um, but I want us to succeed. That's all. I just want us to succeed and to win and do everything humanly possible to win. Uh, we're not always going to win. We will not always win cases. We can have the very best case that we've ever put together and feel completely comfortable with it and lose. That's the nature of the beast. But that does not mean we will not fight and keep fighting and keep coming back over and over and over again fighting. We've got to be that way. We've got to be that way. We'll get there. We will get there. I promise you that. We'll keep educating. This thing is going to be a wildfire across this country. And uh, we're going to educate everybody on how to be fighters and how to win and how to put case files together and do everything we can to win. Okay. Um, Y'all have a fantastic rest of the week. 
It's an hour and a half. I thought it'd be 30 minutes. Seriously, I've got to get back over there and get on this arbitration case. But uh, uh, talked a little bit of shit there, ran it a little bit, but that's all right. Uh, y'all have a fantastic rest of the week, and hopefully I'll have Mr. Cariff on next Sunday. He wants to talk to y'all about uh, uh, to follow instructions. That's another guy who's got a fire in his belly about the letter carriers. He's got a passion that I appreciate, and I wish everybody did that. So every business agent anyway. Y'all take care of yourselves, and I'll talk to y'all next Sunday. All right? Okay, bye.